We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. Today is January 15th, Monday. Hope everyone's enjoying their three-day weekend and also remembering why we have a three-day weekend as well. I am here with my good buddy, Ryan Boyer. Uh, we're going to talk about overrated and underrated in the AL East. That's what we're going to start off with. We'll go through all of the teams, guys that were overdrafting, guys that were underdrafting. Uh, there's no headlines to talk about, Ryan. The only thing we could have talked about is the international signings. And here's what I'll tell you about every international signing. They might be good and they might make their debut in 2032. <laughs> yeah, it's a short turnaround from from Friday's podcast. So yeah. not, not much going on over the weekend as far as, as far as headlines go, but uh, our buddy James Anderson did a good job writing up the, the blurbs for all the international signees. So if you're in a, in your first year player draft or a deep, deep dynasty league, uh, go ahead and check those out. But I, I'm with you. I, when the, when it popped up that they signed, that's when I had heard of their names. So. Correct. The only thing that I look, I, I pay somewhat attention to it because I'm a prospect guy and I'm able to get a little bit of intel. But really, all it is, is it's a way to make me feel old because you see guys like Wilson Bediment Jr. signing a couple of years ago and this year, Joaquin Arias Jr. signing. So, yep, you are all going to. Well, you know what's going to happen. Let's start and look at the AL East. Uh Good division, a lot of good fantasy players, but there are definitely some players that are going to be either overdrafted or significantly underdrafted. And, you know, it could be significantly overdrafted, too. I'm not sure why I ignored that. Let's start with the Blue Jays, Ryan. Uh, who are you higher on uh, on that team than maybe the fantasy consensus is right now? Yeah, so I went with Dalton Varsho. Um, objectively, at least offensively, a bad year for Varsho last year, his first year in Toronto. Um, and he's also losing catcher eligibility. That hurts. But even in that down year, still almost went 2020 for the Blue yeah. Jays. His defense is outstanding. That's going to keep his, his bat in the lineup. Uh, he's going to play against lefties, even though he can't really hit lefties very well, which it's going to, not be great for his rate stats, but he's going to sure. keep going to keep his his counting stats afloat. Um, the thing with Varsho is he hits the ball in the air a ton. He pulls the ball a ton. It's not great for his batting average prospects, especially 
since his batted ball data is just not all that great. Um, so I would expect him to continue to have a low batting average, but I think he's a pretty good safe bet for at least coming close to 2020 again. And look, yeah, losing catcher eligibility hurts undoubtedly, but if you've done any early drafts, that outfield pool gets shallow pretty darn fast, especially if you're in a five outfielder league. Having a guy like Dalton Varsho, I think, is a pretty solid bet. And his NFBC ADP is currently outside the top 200. So, yes, you wish he was still eligible at catcher. He's not going to get that back. There seems to be no indication that the Blue Jays plan to use him at all at catcher. They already have two good catchers. But you get a guy that can go 20-20 in the outfield, I think you take that even if it comes with a bad batting average. Yeah, I think so as well. Like like you said, the the rates are probably going to be well below average, but if that guy can be your fourth or fifth outfielder, I think I'll take it. And there's a chance that, you know, he could get into that outfielder three, outfielder two range if everything goes right. He was a streaky player for Arizona as well. Like yep. there were definitely moments where you were like, boy, thank goodness this guy has catcher eligibility. And then there were moments where like, well, this doesn't really matter. He's definitely got the power speed combination for this to matter. Uh, my uh, guy who I think is going to go underdrafted is, and it's a weird one to say, I love my sweet Vladdy Vladdy Jr. so much, and I'm a big believer in him for 2023. He had easily, or 2024, excuse me, he had easily his worst season last year. He's 24. And even as a 24-year-old, this is a guy who was in the 96th percentile expected batting average, the 91st expected in average exit velocity, struck out in the 90th percentile. It's so crazy to me how little he can strike out for somebody who takes that big of a cut. You're going to give me the whole, he puts the ball on the ground crap too much. <sighs> Sorry, man. I'm just not a believer in that. He he barreled the baseball 77% of the time. The power numbers just weren't there comparatively to some of his other years. I'm a big believer in him. I think that the breakout season that, you know, his breakout season really was the year that he would have won MVP if not for an absolute freak of a human being existed uh, that year. But I think that there is definitely much more offensive potential in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. than the overwhelming percentage of not just first baseman, baseball players. You probably aren't drafting him ahead of Matt Olson at first base. And Bryce Harper is going to qualify too, so he's probably number two. I have Vladdy Jr. at three. I If he falls to me in the third round, I am jumping for joy because Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has as much offensive potential as any player in baseball. My underdrafted, or the guy who I'm kind of passing on, uh, overrated, I guess you should say, which is a weird one again, Kevin Gossman. And the whole thing for me is <laughs> I'm going to be hammering this point home quite a bit. I'm not taking pitchers high. And if I'm going to take a pitcher high, it better be a guy who can give me 280 to 300 strikeouts or those type of rates. Kevin Gossman can't give me those kind of rates. Like the team, like the chance that he can win games. If he somehow falls because other people are like me and just don't like pitchers, great. But he's going to be right around the third or fourth starting pitcher off the board. It's going to be too high. There will be some other names that I bring up over the series that I'm just not doing. Avoid pitchers is what Chris Crawford is going to tell you again in 2024. Chris Crawford banning banning pitchers in fantasy. That's going to really reduce the player pool. But hey, it would be it's going to be interesting. <laughs> but yeah, uh, speaking of Vladdy and international signings, by the way, Vladdy Guerrero 
uh, yes. Vladimir Guerrero's younger brother signed with the Mets today, by the way. Yes. So, so yes, there's another one coming. But my guy for overrated ish. It's it seems a little harsh saying overrated, but yeah. Bo Bichette from the from the Blue Jays. You know, you are getting that discount with him this year. I mean, this is a guy who not that long ago was a top five ish fantasy pick current NFBC ADP is sitting at 37 right now. So you are getting a little bit of a discount, but there's a reason you're getting that discount. We saw the stolen bases continue to drop for Bichette last year. He's gone from 25 to 13, all the way down to five stolen bases last year, only attempted eight steals. And that hurts even more with the stolen base landscape being what it is now. Um, He's gone from being an asset in that regard where wind steals weren't as plentiful to hurting you in that regard. That's a big, a big downgrade. He's really struggled at home last year. Like a lot of the blue Jays hitters did in those new Rogers field dimensions. You know, we'll see if there's kind of an adjustment period and how ultimately Rogers centers Rogers center plays with those new outfield dimensions with the the higher walls, but it's certainly looking at least at this early juncture that it's at least going to be kind of more neutral than hitter friendly as it has been in the past. Right. That dings Bichette a little bit, Uh, you know, a proven average guy. He's about as good a bet as anyone to hit 300 next year. Um, But, you know, the power is, Good, not great, and the stolen bases just aren't there anymore. So I think I'm just going to look in another direction at that point in the draft. Um, you want to go ahead and move on to the Orioles now? I can give you my underrated Yeah, as we move on do. to Baltimore. Please, please. And do. I'm going with Tyler Wells. Hmm. Um, it might be easy to forget that he was actually the Orioles' best starter in this first half last year had seven wins a 3.18 era 0.93 whip and a strikeout per inning in the first half um let's not talk about what happened in the second half with him um but yeah he wells just really hit a wall around mid-season wound up actually going back to the minors for a while right spent some time in the minor league il with what the orioles referred to as arm fatigue, but I think he's going to be better suited to handle that workload next season. Now that he's built up a little bit more and he's a proven really good whip guy can get you around a strikeout per inning. I will say my one worry with him is if you look at the construction of the Orioles rotation, he's probably number five right now. And you see the Orioles being involved uh, rumor-wise with a lot of free agent pitchers, pitchers that might be available via trade. So it's possible Wells could get bumped from the rotation. He did finish last year in the bullpen when he came back and and looked really good in the bullpen. So he did show Baltimore that he could thrive in that kind of role. Um, So it's possible he doesn't break camp in the rotation and – if that winds up being the case, I will certainly adjust my expectations. Yes. But for where we're at right now, if he opens in the Orioles rotation, I think he could be 
pretty underrated. I mean, we're looking at an ADP right now in FPC at 331. So he's going undrafted in the vast majority of 12 teamers. So I think there could be a little value there if the if the roster construction breaks his way. Yeah, absolutely. I and it, you know, great point that if he's not in the rotation, not a ton of value there. Obviously, not going to give you saves or anything like that. But I like that call quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to go with Cedric Mullins, and it's not because I'm in love with Cedric Mullins. I, I think the profile, the days of him being a superstar fantasy player were very short and uh, very over. But I do think he's a guy who can still provide some value, especially on the bases. Didn't hit for power at all last year. I'd expect to jump up in that. It's like 15 homers, I'm guessing more along the 20 to 25 rate. Uh, still will give you some stolen bases. Is going to be in the lineup because of the fact that his defense is excellent. I think that's an underrated play. And a guy who's being drafted in NFBC just a little bit behind him is a little overrated to me. And Anthony Santander kind of breaks my heart a little bit because I've been a high guy on Anthony Santander for a long time. When he was a rule five pick, I would thought that was an excellent value. I like the power. He makes good contact. 46% hard hit rate is certainly something to keep an eye on. He swings and misses a lot. And he also chases a lot. He swings at pitches outside of the zone. It could be successful. We were just talking about Vladdy Jr. Uh, Vladdy Sr. was able to have a very nice little career doing what he did, swinging at pitches outside of the zone or inside of the zone or inside of the ballpark, basically. But Santander is going to be a guy who I think you're going to have to rely on power a little bit too much, not going to provide any stolen base value for you. Also wonder if you might get some platoon chances. Uh, by chances, I mean maybe sitting in against certain handed pitching. Um I just don't know if I'm drafting Anthony Santander around 100. It just seems a little too high for me. Yep, I'm with you there. And also with you on the on the Cedric Mullins call. I mean, he's I, – I do think the power could come back a little bit. You know, Camden Yards is playing overall fairly neutral now, but it's it's not great for right-handed batters anymore for sure. But great point. he hits left-handed. So, yeah. I mean – what is it? Utah street, I believe at the, that's uh just be on the wall. He, he could find Utah street a few, a few more times in 2024. Nice job. Chris, I feel like, I feel like I'm going to anger you with my uh, overrated uh, Orioles player. And, and it feels weird. Yeah. To say Adley Rushman, I have as the most, um, I'm going to say overdrafted because it's weird because he's, he's still my top ranked catcher. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like he's the, for most people, he's like the clear cut top one. And he's, he's just more like in a tier of the top one, top three catchers, I think. Right. NFBC ADP right now sitting at 48. That is 24 picks ahead of JT Romuto and 31 picks ahead of, of William Contreras, who, who, by the way, finished as the number one catcher in Roto last year. Hmm. And I have those three guys as, in the first tier. Um, like I said, I have Adley number one. I'm perfectly fine rostering Adley Rushman, but where he's going, I mean, that's two rounds ahead of Real Muto, two and a half rounds ahead of William Contreras. I would rather, if I'm going to take a catcher that early, just wait a little bit on one of those two guys. Or I'm also perfectly fine waiting a lot longer than that. Catcher is actually fairly deep. I mean, just look at around pick 150. You have Sean Murphy, Wilson Contreras, Gabriel Moreno, you know, going 
more than 100 picks later than Adley Rushman. I'm not expecting them to give Adley Rushman uh, numbers, but Mm -hmm. I don't think the gap in ADP is justifiable there. Uh, So uh, worth noting also, I think we mentioned left field is kind of Death Valley for uh, Orioles hitters, and Adley Rushman was a lot better against left-handed pitching last year, so – it was kind of the reverse the year before, so I don't know if that's going to necessarily carry over, but something to keep in mind for for next season. I think that with the Rutschman thing, I can't help but be reminded of it's not the same, but it kind of is to the quarterback situation in fantasy football type of thing. Like I have very little doubt that Adley Rutschman will either be the first or second best catcher if he stays healthy, but you're going to have to use a top 50 pick on him. So I don't yeah. hate that. I don't hate that call. Like, Knowing that I can get a guy like Will Smith or JT Real Muto or Big Dumper or even like a Yanier Diaz or like a Gabriel Moreno, who who we will Mm -hmm. talk about definitely when we get to the uh, NL West. I'm calling dibs on that one right now, by the way, Ryan. But I totally get it for all the reasons why um, you just explained. It's just (laughs) there's MVP capable talent in uh, Adley Rutschman. There's MVP capable talent in Gunnar Henderson, too. But they're two guys I think that I'm going to end up not being able to draft because people are going to overvalue those guys. Or I think they're more, in terms of like elite talent, still more 2025, 2026 plays. I also Uh, think Rushman, just quickly, I I feel like he can get a bump in some fantasy leagues because he's just an absolutely sublime, real-life, all-around player. mm -hmm. And people just want that guy on in their roster and Mm -hmm. I get it. Yeah. Um, But you're just looking for raw numbers here. And I think that given the factoring, the ADP in, you might be best off waiting a little bit. Totally makes sense. Uh We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's move on to the Rays. I'll give you my uh, overrated and underrated. Starting with underrated, look, Isak Paradez numbers, like if you take a look at Savant, are pretty ugly. Expected batting average of 230, expected slugging percentage of 369, hard hit percentage was in the sixth percentile at 28.5. I think he was considerably better than those numbers suggest. And I like Isak Paradez quite a bit. This is also a guy who's only 24 years old. Seems a lot older because he's been around forever, former Cubs top prospect. Then moves on to Detroit, heads to Seattle. 
or excuse me, Tampa Bay. I kind of wish he was headed to Seattle. Uh, 840 OPS last year, 31 homers. No, he's not going to give you um, much in terms of stolen bases. He's had one in his four seasons. Uh, 250 average is probably what you're looking at at peak. But you're looking at a guy who's going in like the 175 to 200 range. If I can get a third baseman who can give me 30 home run potential, I like it quite a bit. I, I'm not putting him in like the upper echelon tier of third baseman, but if I can get him in that pick 150 range with his power potential, and I think still the ability to drive in a somewhat underrated Tampa Bay lineup, I will absolutely take that. And for my overdrafted look, I talked about it last week. I like Randy Rosarina. He's fine value if you can get him in like that 60 range. You have to use a top 50 pick on him. I'm not using a top 50 pick on Randy Rosarina. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Paredes too. Like he's tough to evaluate because he's one of those guys like Marcus Simeon, like Nolan Arenado that has showed the ability to be really good at just at pulling balls in the air and getting around on it and putting it just over the fence. And those kind of guys are just not Statcast is not going to like those guys. Uh, we've been saying for eight years, 10 years, however long Nolan Arenado has been in the league that like the stat cast numbers have just never been great for him. He, he doesn't impact the ball that hard. Um, he just pulls it down the line and th- hits it three seats deep into the, into the stands. And that counts just the same. That makes it really tough to evaluate, but I'm with you that, you know, he's still a young guy. I think the, the power at, at that point in the draft could be very enticing Jonathan Aranda, is he going to get that regular role finally? I, I I don't know that the Rays have much of a choice between, you know, given their needs and other guys that have the potential to be injured or uh, we're still waiting for Harold Ramirez to be traded. Sounds like that's going to be happened eventually. Um, I think Jonathan Aranda probably is going to get most of the bats at designated hitter ultimately for the Rays. Um, and we lost Chris, but Hey, I'm going to keep rolling. And so Jonathan Aranda, not great numbers during his few opportunities at the major league level. There's no getting around that. However, he's absolutely mashed the ball in the minors. In 199 games at the AAA level at AAA, AAA Durham, he's at 328, 421, 565. 43 home runs in those 199 games. And you look at the NFBC ADP with Jonathan Aranda, it's currently at 541, which basically means he's not getting drafted anywhere uh, except the absolute deepest of leagues. One guy currently going ahead of him in NFBC NFBC drafts is Adalberto Mondesi, which, and which, I mean, I I think he's still in witness protection. Um, (laughs) So we'll see if he even comes back and has a, has a baseball career at this point, but you know, yeah, I, I I really think Jonathan Aranda would in what equates to an absolute dart throw at the end of your draft is gonna provide some good value. 
Um, Chris, it looks like I had to step away for the rest of the pod, so I'm going to fly solo here for the rest of the the rest of the way with my AL East picks, and we're going to go into overdrafted now. I'm going to go with Yanni Diaz. Look, unequivocally, he had a fantastic 2023 season. I've always been kind of a fan of Yanni Diaz, more so in the real life way, real real baseball way, less so in fantasy, but had an absolutely fantastic 2023 season. But must point out that 12 of those of his 22 home runs came in the first 43 games of the season. Only 10 home runs over the final 94 contests. And when he was going deep more early on in the season, looked like he might finally be figuring out figuring out the launch angle thing, uh, which we've been wanting him to do for years. But then by the end of the season, he wound up with the lowest launch angle he's had in three years. So I just don't think that he's ever going to be that guy who's going to figure out how to loft the ball consistently. And I think one thing that fantasy managers, and I include myself in this, by the way, um, sometimes we fail to take into account that it's not always just that easy to say, gosh, if he could only loft the ball in the air, he would be turn into this huge power threat. And yeah, maybe that's the case, but it's not that easy for some guys to just add loft to their swing and be the same hitter. Um, I mean, if Yanni Diaz starts up, uppercutting the ball, but you know, loses 50 points off his batting average, starts chasing more, doesn't get on, on base as much from a walks perspective, he's just going to be a worse hitter. So some, I think this is probably just the hitter he is. And I suspect we're going to look back and these 22 home runs he hit last year will wind up being a career high. So I think with an NFBC ADP at 129, just a little overrated. Moving on to the Red Sox. Uh, Trevor's story is my pick for undervalued. Um, look, hasn't been great his tenure in Boston so far. That's obvious, but he is going to have a normal offseason instead of having to rehab from surgery. And if you look back at the 2022 season, I mean, he did have 16 home runs and 13 stolen bases in 94 games. So even though his rate stats weren't great, he still proved that he can be that power speed guy when healthy. And he's been an incredibly efficient base stealer as well. Uh, I think he had 10 steals without being caught last year. So the fact that he's still showing the desire to run, that's a good sign. Um, yes, he no longer has the course field boost, but right-handed batters at Fenway, that's a pretty darn good place to, to be as well. So I think Trevor Story with an NFBC ADP, currently sitting at 178. I think that could be a pretty decent value. My overrated Red Sox player, I'm going to go with Nick Pavetta. I mean, are we, are we really going to do this again, guys? Like, <laughs> I've been in fantasy for a long time and been covering fantasy, writing about it for a living for a long time. Nick Pavetta every year, I feel like there's a section of the fantasy community that project that <laughs> expects him to break out. Um, but we're talking about a 31 year old who has a career 486 ERA, 
135 whip. The 404 ERA he put up in 2023 was a career bust. Yes, he was really, really good in the second half. Um, he got off to an absolutely dreadful start, got moved to the bullpen, looked really good out of the bullpen, eventually returned to the rotation and pitched well in that in that role as well down the stretch. But he's a proven bat mister. I mean, if you get to that point in the draft and you're absolutely desperate for strikeouts, I guess you can take the plunge on Nick Bavetta. But where he's being drafted, you know, I look at, Guys that are going right after him, just from a starting pitcher perspective, I see Eduardo Rodriguez, Nathan Avaldi, Lucas Giolito. I'm taking all three of those guys over Pavetta, and I'm not even thinking twice about it. So I just think as enticing as the strikeouts can be, he's. I'm just not going to use a pick inside the top 200 uh, for Nick Pavetta. Moving on to the Yankees. I'm going with Juan Soto as my underrated, which, I mean, depending on what site you're looking at, which rankings you're looking at, it's gonna it's kind of difficult to be underrated when you're already a borderline first-round first pick. But, I mean, I just think he's poised for an absolutely monster walk year. And I think this time next year we're going to be talking about him as a, as a top-five fantasy pick again. Um you look at what, what he did at Petco last year during his time with the Padres, hit 240 with 12 home runs in 81 home games and 81 games on the road, hit 307, 422, 604 with 23 home runs. Now he's going to be going to Yankee Stadium. He's got that short porch and right field. And, you know, yes, he sprays the ball around a little bit. Yes, he puts it on the ground a little more than you'd like, but it's Juan Soto. I, I feel like he's going to be able to take advantage of that short portion right field. He also hit the ball harder than he ever has last year in terms of stack casts numbers. So, you know, we're looking at right now an NFBC ADP is, is at 12. Um, I know our, our guys uh, with the round table top 300 rankings that uh, Clay and, and Jeff and Todd and Eric put together. I, I think Juan Soto is at, which you need to check out, by the way, go to rotowire.com and uh, check out those roundtable rankings from those guys. They did an awesome job. Um, I believe Soto's ranked 16th there. So I, I do think there's still room for him to be a little underrated, even though he's going so high in drafts. Like, like I said, again, I think this time next year, he's going to be a consensus top five pick again. And going to my overrated, admittedly, this overrated pick for the Yankees, I'm doing it kind of half-heartedly. Glaber Torres has a NFBC ADP of 92 right now. It's less about like being down on Glaber Torres than it is that I'm just much more likely to wait on drafting a second baseman. I just don't want to use a top 100 pick on him. And I also look at strikeout rate last year of 14.6%, walk rate of 10%, both outstanding numbers. But outside of the shortened 2020 season, those are outliers for his career. 
Um, I mean, it's possible that he's made legitimate strides in that regard. He is still only 27. I think he's a little younger than most of us um, probably think in the back of our head because he's he's been around a while, but still only 27 years old. Maybe he's just evolving as a hitter. That's possible, but I don't think we can necessarily count on that carrying over to the 2024 season. And again, this is more just like um, him, uh, me just preferring to wait on drafting a second baseman. And there's guys like Cattell Marte, you can have a few rounds later. Uh, Guys like Tommy Edmond, you can have multiple rounds later. I would just rather pop a guy like that than spend a top 100 pick on Glaber Torres. And I think we'll go ahead and uh, call it quits for this week. Hopefully Chris will be back with me again next week for, I think we're going to try to do a, this time regularly moving forward, but um, it is the off season. Things come up. We'll, we might have to move it around again from time to time, but um, the plan is to have it around this time on Mondays moving forward. So hopefully we'll see you next Monday around this same time, but that will do it for this week's RotoWire fantasy baseball podcast. And I will see you all next time. Take care.